you know, one of the things that's really, you know, challenging, I would say, from a startup perspective, uh, as far as EOS goes is, yeah, every business changes and pivots you know, to varying degrees, but a startup, it's like constant change and Absolutely. fast pivots, hard, left, hard, right, up, down. And you have those kind of fundamental things to go back to, to keep you moving in the right direction, but, you know, able to kind of weather the storm through those pivots and come out stronger on the other side. Tractionville, the podcast for companies running on EOS. I'm your host, Chris White, along with Benj Miller. And today, our guest is Andrew Rinaldi, and he is the co-founder of Defendify, a cybersecurity company out of Portland, Maine. Andrew, welcome to Tractionville. Thanks so much, guys. Great to be here. Andrew, as we start off, um, I'm going to tee up this episode. So we're going to talk about a couple of things. We're going to talk about what it looks like to use EOS in more of a startup versus what EOS is tr traditionally looking for, that 10 to 250 uh, employee target market. Uh, and then we're also going to dig into your expertise because there's uh, some things that we should be thinking about as entrepreneurs, business leaders that we're not. And I'm convinced of that. You're convinced of that. So we're going to talk about that. Before we dive into those two things, tell us how you got here because EOS in the startup isn't your first rodeo with EOS. No, you got that. Um, I've, I've been through and around EOS uh, a number of times. Uh, many years ago, maybe eight or nine years ago, you know, like a, a lot of other folks, somebody turned me on to Traction, read the book and thought there were some really cool tools in there and, and self-implemented that in a company that I had in, I was running out of Boston. It was a digital marketing uh, company. Saw some awesome results out of that and then brought EOS fun, uh, formally to a, a larger scale family business that I was also involved in. And we went through the full kind of implementer process and had the pleasure of working with Jonathan Smith there uh, and learned a lot in that process. Um, ran that company on EOS and brought it back to uh, my new company, which I started a few years ago with a business partner. And I knew when I did that, that um, EOS had to be a part of it. And we actually started day one using EOS, um, which was a really interesting experience. So we're going to dive into that. But first, tell us what your, your company does and why you started it. Definitely. So Defendify is what we call an all-in-one cybersecurity platform designed for small business. And what that is, is it's a tool that allows a small business owner, operator, uh, IT um, personnel to go in and manage their company's cybersecurity key components all in one place. Uh, it's online, it's a SaaS product, and it's a, a, a recurring model. So it's we call it a program not a project. Uh, and that's part of what differentiates us in the market is we said, hey, we need to have cybersecurity that is really touches on a lot of different aspects. It can't just be one thing. There is no silver bullet that you just kind of plug in and it solves all your issues. That's amazing. All right. So when we talk about EOS, we talk about coming into stage two companies, which is uh, in my mind, Chris, you can tell me what you think of when you think of stage two companies, but um, I think of two things. One, they've absolutely gotten past that product market fit and they are, they have the size and ability. They're starting to transition to really building out a senior leadership team. So companies that are beyond that, great for EOS, 
companies going through that transition, great for EOS. You started it day one. What does it look like to, uh, can you just take it straight out of the box, run yeah. it? Uh, what does it look like running EOS from day one? You know, it's it's a really interesting question, and I've had some um, really interesting experiences running it from day one on EOS. But you know, what I did uh, at the beginning is I took some of those fundamentals that EOS taught me, and I made sure there was alignment from day one. So before we even opened the doors to the business, I had a business partner that we were talking about starting the company together. We went through the exercise of getting aligned on core values um, and vision before we said, all right, we're going to actually do this. I explained to him, he had not been familiar with the OS, why that was so important, even before starting the business, that we had those things in place. And that there was this thing called a dynamic between an integrator and a visionary. And once you open that up and you're transparent with that in the organization, amazing things happen as opposed to it kind of being hidden or not talked about. Once we got on the same page with all that stuff, we knew, you know, it just kind of, it clicked right then and there. I knew that I had a business partner that was going to be perfectly aligned with what I wanted to do. And I was going to be perfectly aligned with what he wanted to do. And that allowed us to hit the ground running out the gate. We had our core values before we opened the door because we knew that those were business fundamentals that applied to us both. They weren't just made up or aspirational for the business that we were trying to build. Did you have any tensions in those early conversations to get on the same page or was it too easy? Uh, I don't I don't think we had any tensions. There was a little bit of an educational process. Um, my business partner hadn't been through the EOS um, kind of process at all, uh, but he was totally... Um, very interested in it. He had, I'd shared some of my positive experiences uh, using EOS in prior companies and he was excited about it. Um, and I think for him, it also crystallized the fit between us as business partners. And we both have multiple business partners in the past and that can be challenging as we all know. Um, but once we kind of cleared the air and we saw that we had alignment on values and we went through that whole exercise and we saw we had alignment on the things that we wanted to do and the vision of the company it and that he was a visionary I was an integrator it was very clear from day one I just knew that this was going to be awesome and we were going to have a chance to do something really special so that's that's great advice pre-launch and then you get in and you've got you know the five foundational tools how did those how did those work in the early days when you don't really necessarily have a leadership team that you can depend on uh, what does that look like? Yeah, I think, you know, it, it was just the two of us at the beginning. And yeah, we were, as you know, we were the leadership team. We were the employees. We were everything. So leaning on those foundational tools is really important because it allows you to kind of hone the conversation in a certain direction. You know, one of the things that's really you know challenging, I would say, from a startup perspective, uh, as far as EOS goes, is, yeah, every business changes and pivots you know, to varying degrees, but a startup, it's like constant change and Absolutely. fast pivots, hard, left, hard, right, up, down. And you have those kind of fundamental things to go back to, to keep you moving in the right direction, but, you know, able to kind of weather the storm through those pivots and come out stronger on the other side. Um, I love that. I, I talk about the four stages of business um, being innovation, control, profit, and growth. And the idea is you can't be in multiple sectors at the same time. You can't skip them. You can't mess with the order. 
Um, there, it's almost like just laws of nature, right? And so part of that stage two is you're getting into that control where you, you're trying to get control over the business, the process, the people, the accountability, the, the pace, all of those things. But in that innovation stage, you know, I also refer to it as the barbarian phase, right? You've right. got to be able to be so nimble and do things and you can't have rules. You can't have anything that gets in your way or you just won't make it through that phase. Um, and that is one of the tensions with, you know, you're putting in EOS, which is a control system on the business. Right. Um, and there are great principles and there are great tools you can use, but you've got to have a little bit of a looseness about the system, which almost makes you need to know the system better. Um, not, not looser, uh, but you've got to know it better to know what should be adapted. What, uh, you know, 90 day rocks, 90 days is an eternity in startup world, right? <laughs> you, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, you, you definitely have to have, uh, I call it your own flavor of EOS going yeah. on. Uh, but yes, you're, you're absolutely right. I took all the things that I've learned over so many years and, and in the, you know, in my experience and in the readings and everything and said, all right, how do I use this fundamental principle, but augment it to work in our reality? And that, you know, that's definitely not easy to do. But as long as you have open dialogue around it and what's happening and why, I think you can do that. We're still doing it today. That was a few, we started the business three years ago. And even today, we, we very much are still doing that. We're still uh, at heart, uh, truly a startup. Today's episode is sponsored by 90.io, N-I-N-E-T-Y dot I-O. 90 is a cloud-based collection of the essential business building and awareness tools you need to make running EOS easy. The clean and extraordinarily intuitive system includes every one of the tools you need to not only run EOS, but cascade it down and throughout your company. EOS is great, but implementing it throughout your organization can overwhelm even the best of us. Our friends at 90 are obsessed with making sure that every one of the EOS tools is simple to find, simple to use, and captures all the data your team needs to hit, an average of 90% of the rocks, measurables, and to-dos. For more information, you can visit www.90.io. Yeah, I have not had a startup as a client, a true startup as a client, right? But I talk to them all the time, right? We have a great incubator here. Um, and I always, when I, when I talk to them, you know, I just anchor it in the five foundational tools, right? You got to have a plan, VTO. You got to start structuring. And although although you're you're small, you still need structure. You, you absolutely have to define um, and, and, and roles and responsibilities. Now, you might be wearing 50 hats <laughs> in startup mode, but the, but the, the, the tool, the, 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 the power of the tool is still there, and you're going to get value from that. You clearly got to have a scorecard and, and, and start, you know, you're tracking your KPIs. And although you may not be setting 90-day rocks, you may be setting 30-day rocks, right? And just, you know, it's that wall, uh, crawl, walk, run mentality. So, and then, of course, you got to have a meeting pulse. So, fundamentally, the five foundational tools certainly can help a startup to, right. to get started. And to your point... Um, when we talk about EOS pure, you know, I don't know that it's not pure. It's just st structured to what you need now. 
I think so. It's an evolution. And, you know, it's just like we're in, we're in the business of software development. We call it a model of continuous improvement. And that's something that applies to EOS as well. Um, you, you have the EOS tools. They shift in the way they apply to your business over time, especially in a startup situation. Uh, but your ultimate goal is to that you know level of purity where you're really succinctly right. running and efficiently running. Um, one of the nice things about it, though, is it's just, you know, practically speaking, there's just a lot of value in terms of um, the concept behind them, never mind actually doing them right. You know, the fact that you need to be tracking things in this way and have goals that are like this and, and align to values and make decisions that are giving you, uh, you know, alignment moving forward. All those things coming together and just reminding yourself when you're moving at hyperspeed in a startup environment that you got to do those things and they really add value, yeah. even if you're doing them wrong. I think that they add a tremendous Yeah, well, right. They sort of become your, you know, your five pillars that you're going to be building on. All right, Andrew, I remember distinctly the night, um, eight or 10 years ago, I stayed up, my family went to bed, the whole house was pitch black, it was pitch black night outside, and I stayed up to watch World War Z, the movie, Brad Pitt. It was amazing. Um, I've seen that movie, but I still never, ever expected a health pandemic um, like we've seen this year. But it got me thinking about what other pandemics could we have that we would just absolutely not see coming. And one of the areas that crossed my mind was in the in the realm of cybersecurity. So that was one of my uh, reasons I was really excited to talk to you today. Uh, is that crazy is that a risk is what what are we as entrepreneurs exposed to that we don't even realize yeah i, I don't think it's of course coming from the cybersecurity guy here uh, i don't think it's crazy and i think that it's a reality that we need to face um, and there's a lot of work to be done there so cybersecurity as a concept has been around for ages uh, especially at the enterprise but for a small business, it's something of a new topic, actually. And, and while everybody's kind of heard the buzzword, they don't actually know specifically, what is cybersecurity? What does that mean? If you ask 10 people, you're probably going to get a different answer from each one of them. But the reality is there's, there's such a low barrier to entry for an attacker, especially on a small business, that they can be impacted in an instant. And you know the impl implications for a smaller organization can also be a lot more um, consequential. Uh, in fact, you know many businesses can can suffer and, and actually go out of business because of a cyber attack. You know, it's not as though a, a a petty theft can you know go into the local market and steal something uh, and have to arrange that around surveillance cameras and police and everything. They can go online, they can hide, they can buy malware. You know, literally online. You can buy malware as a service and uh, launch it at you know thousands of small businesses and hopefully get somebody to pay ransom and make 10 grand for a couple hours worth of work. That's how easy it is now. And the reality is not everybody understands that. And the other thing is not everybody thinks that they're a target. And you know that couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. Is it really in a digital economy, everybody has sensitive information. Everybody has information that somebody else would like to have, whether it be anywhere from your employee information to personally identifiable information, information, healthcare, legal, um, all the way down to, you know, a food manufacturer's recipe, you know, that's important information that could be sold on the dark web on the underground, uh, that somebody might be interested in. 
I have a guy in my peer group that just this year, they got a, um, somebody had been able to spoof an internal email from their own, from that looked like they were, it was an internal between their accounting department. And it was as simple as, can you update the payee name and address on this account? Right. And it came from somebody internal, no second thoughts. Next thing they know, they wrote them an $80,000 check that they have no idea where it went. You got it. And we see this every day. Um, that's we call that business email compromise. And the, the reality is a lot of those, a lot of those kinds of instances can be prevented with some pretty simple steps. You know, that's why we developed uh, Defendify because we knew that there were some simple things that could be done. You don't need to have enterprise grade, military grade cybersecurity to protect yourself. You need to think about, we, we, we talk about things in terms of three key layers of security. Uh, we call it foundation, culture, and technology. Foundation, you need to have plans, policies, and procedures that you know set the table in terms of what your security mindset is and how people need to behave in the business and then educate people on that. Culture is about awareness training and making sure that people understand the impact of what they're doing and the new threats that are coming out there. The human element is a huge part of cybersecurity that you know a lot of people overlook or don't think. You know, for example, 90% of cyber attacks or more you know, most of the reports will show you start by a phishing email. That's, that's somebody clicking on a bad link or file in an email that gets sent that makes its way through a filter. It happens every single day. And then technology has to be about more than just your standard antivirus and firewall. Yes, those are necessary tools. However, they're just scratching the surface with what needs to be in place. You also need to have scanning technologies and understand what's going on and monitor things on a regular basis so that you can be in a position to kind of close the gaps and weaknesses and, and move the ball forward in terms of your, your overall security. What other things are you seeing, uh, vulnerabilities or exploitations that um, maybe you could give us some simple, you know, obviously everybody should go signed up for your software and protect themselves. But what are, what are some other things that you would encourage uh, our entrepreneurs, our leaders out there to be doing? Yeah, I think first of all, first of all, it's just taking a cybersecurity first mindset and thinking about cybersecurity as a, a core function of your business. Um, and that's really kind of a leadership discussion. It's not just an IT discussion. That's where a lot of people start with cybersecurity. It's got like this technical connotation, but as I just explained a few minutes ago, it's it's about a lot more than just technology. It's plan, It's having a tech and data use policy that you know educates the employees on how they should use technology in the business. How do I use email? What do I do if I'm at Wi-Fi in a hotel? Um, you know, why are those things important? Uh, and then, you know, just like anything else, it's got to be, you know, something that's front and center at all times. So you got to do awareness training. Uh, we do awareness videos once a month, you know, not long, 30, 60 minutes. It's kind of two, three minute snippets with like a one question um, survey at the end to, 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 you know, gauge if somebody had you know, been watching the video, make them fun, make them interesting. But this whole concept of developing like a culture of cyber defenders, if the leadership team looks at it as an important thing to be doing for the business, then, you know, as EOS says, and you read in a lot of the business books, as goes the leadership, so goes the company. Right. Um, so it's the same thing with cybersecurity. You need to prioritize it, acknowledge that it's about more than just plugging in some, you know, fancy technology that's going to save the day and then make it a part of your ongoing culture. And I think that's the most important message to deliver to everybody is that that, that is a 
part of the way we do business today. And that's why we're developing Defendify is to make that, that part of your business easier so that you can sleep at night. So Andrew, you mentioned the, these, the, the, the short, you know, info videos, right? How do you support your clients so that they can, if it starts at the senior leadership team, right? We, we've got to give it this, this culture of cybersecurity starts at the top. I get that. How does Defendify support their clients to then cascade that down through the organization? Yeah, I think that's exactly what Defendify presents is it's kind of a holistic approach to cybersecurity. So absolutely, there are technical components to that. Um, but like we were talking about before, uh, at a leadership and a business operational level, you need to have uh, things like do an assessment, right? I need to assess my organization, uh, the people factor, the technology, the policies, where do I stand? You know, one of the questions that we hear most is, where do I stand? Uh, so one of the tools that we have in there is you can go in um, and conduct an assessment. We call it a cybersecurity health checkup and say, all right, I'm a C minus. Why? Where do I need to make up uh, ground? And what are the things I need to prioritize? So that's that's an organizational thing. That's not just a technical thing. Right. And then from there, you have things like a, you know, like we talked about a tech use policy or another thing is like an incident response plan. What do I do if I do get breached? You know, it's, it's not a, we call this resilience in cybersecurity. It's not, of course, it's about prevention and you want to have best practices around that. But what about if something does happen? It happens to a lot of people and it's a matter of reacting thoughtfully and quickly so that you're down maybe for two days instead of two weeks. That could mean the difference of your business actually going under for some people. So we set up you know, a simple plan and it's in Defendify. The goal is to simplify the whole thing and just go through and answer some questions and out pops this plan that you now have as a leadership team to say, all right, uh, this is what we do if something happens. Fractionville community, if your heart sank a little bit when he mentioned that assessment, that's probably a sign you should go do it. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Thanks, Ben. It's totally true. And and I guess the the other thing to mention there is that the um, the outside forces on that kind of stuff are starting to play a big role in the cybersecurity conversation. So what we're seeing, and I'm sure a lot of EOS companies are seeing it now, is uh, we're getting these third party vendor risk assessments handed yeah. down. So you see a lot of it in uh, manufacturing and DoD related companies where. Let's say uh, the big DOD, you know, global DOD company comes to the small manufacturer that produces a widget, you know, their products. And they come and they serve a letter and say, hey, we want to know everything that you're doing on the cybersecurity front because guess what? Small businesses are our biggest uh, threat vector. They don't have the protection in place. So what they're doing is they're serving those small businesses with assess, uh, risk assessments saying, where, where do you stand? Because... We have contracts and we can't fulfill those contracts with you if you don't meet certain standards. And that's having an, an impact on organizations who then need to react and stand up better cybersecurity measures. And again, this goes, um, it includes technologies for sure. What are you doing to protect our data? What, what kind of controls are in place? But they're, they're asking questions like, are you training your team regularly? Do you conduct phishing simulations? Do you do you know, regular reporting on what's going on on the activity? Uh, do you have a, a response plan in place in case something happens? Those are the kinds of things that we've built into Defendify to, to address those kinds of issues uh, first and foremost and try to get ahead of uh, some of those kind of uh, contract questions that are coming down the pike. That's great. Andrew, this has been super helpful for a lot of people. Um, 
as we close up today, I'm going to make sure everybody knows how to, how to follow up. Um, in fact, I'm going to do it right now. So Tractionville, we're setting up something special for you. So if you go to tractionville.com forward slash defendify, we will get you there. We'll get you there strong. Uh, Andrew, give us uh, your like parting shot piece of advice to every entrepreneur that's out there listening. You know, coming from a cybersecurity perspective and working with small businesses, and for us, that's companies under 500 employees, cybersecurity is a must-have, not a um, nice-to-have. It's, it's a reality that we all have to engage with, and it can be something that is fun in a positive way. You can be proactive around it, and I would encourage everybody to treat it as a core function of their business. Uh, moving forward so that it can be prioritized in the right way and, and get you in a good place from your, you know, your cybersecurity posture. I think you're going to challenge a lot of people with that today. I appreciate your time coming on here, everybody. Defendify.io. You, we can get you there. Tractionville.com forward slash Defendify. Andrew, thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Chris. Great to be here. Tractionville. We'll see you next week for Tractionville Tuesday. Share this with somebody that needs to get their digital security up to speed because they're vulnerable. That's right. <laughs> See you next week. All right, we're out.